One, two, three, four. <coughs> One, two, three. Welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I'm your host, Tony Fry. This is episode 133, and today we are talking about The Tax Man by The Beatles. This song was released August 5th, 1966, as the opening track of Revolver and penned by lead guitarist George Harrison, who does not play lead guitar on this song. This is a cool tune. It's a good rocker, good album opener. Um, got some clever lyrics. Maybe George's best lyrics um, to date, you know, as far as he's still a pretty relatively new songwriter at this point. I think this is maybe his sixth or seventh song to be included on an album. Um don't quote me on that. I could be off, but it's still early on. And, you know, it's, let me tell you how it will be. There's one for you, 19 for me, because I'm the tax man. Should 5% appear too small, be thankful I don't take it all. And then he lists um, all the things he'll tax. If you drive a truck, I'll tax the street. If you try to fix it, I'll tax your seat. If you get too cold, I'll tax the heat. If you take a walk, I'll tax your feet. Don't ask me what I want it for if you don't want to pay some more. Now, my advice for those who died, declare the pennies on your eyes. That's a great line. And that's basically it. There's some references to some British people with Ah uh-uh, Ah Mr. Wilson, Ah uh-uh, Ah Mr. Heath. Uh, those were late additions to the song. If you listen to the anthology version, you can hear it where they um, originally John and Paul we're singing, uh, anybody got a bit of money, anybody got a bit of money, anybody got a bit of money, which is uh, clever, I guess. Um, but the ultimate one that they ended up with, I think, was better. Recording began on April 20th, 1966, with four takes recorded and ultimately scrapped. The band is caught on tape during these sessions. These these sessions were 12, it was a 12-hour session on April 20th. They also produced unused takes of Andrew Bird Can Sing. Um, so it was kind of uh, ultimately a wasted session as far as finished product. They did get a lot of rehearsing done, but they're caught on tape talking about the arrangement of this song. And the next day they take that discussion to heart and start from scratch. The next day sessions start with take one of Taxman. So they are completely, they are done with everything they did the day before. On this one, they end up recording 11 takes of this session. Um, with the basic rhythm track and many of the vocals recorded, but not all of the things are kept. For example, the anybody got a bit of money bit. Um, and then the next day was some overdubbing of vocals and cowbell. And the song sat from April 22nd to May 16th, um, which is when the song count in was finally added. Three weeks after the track is basically finished, they've got the basic rhythm track done. Three weeks later, they add the count in to the song. So that whole thing is is manufactured and i think it's designed to um kind of harken back to their first album please please me but also taxman starts with such a cold open there's no pickup there's you know it's just a it's very abrasive and and harsh and i think um you know as much as it is a device that they used with I saw her standing there on their first album. It also kind of serves as like the fade in um, and a pickup 
into this very aggressive, abrasive song. So at this point, the song also just ends. It ends with some, you know, um, guitar hits and then we're done. So uh, the guitar solo at the end of the song that we hear was actually a tape edit from other portions of the song. So that guitar solo uh, is not just a, a good replication of the original solo. It's actually just a copy. It's the exact same solo. So uh, Paul plays that guitar solo and he plays it during the middle part. And then they copied it and pasted it to the back end, which was a much more complicated procedure in 1966 than it is today. And um, that it, not only does it extend the song, but it brings back that guitar solo and kind of gives it a more full formed um, arrangement. Now, the whole song is basically written on one chord. It's basically the whole thing is a D7 chord. Every now and then, um, for the for the hook or what you could call the chorus, even though it's only two lines, he goes down to a C7. But that's basically it. Um, if you drive a truck, I'll tax your seat. If you drive to fix it, I'll tax your heat. If you get too cold, I'll tax the heat. If you take a walk, I'll tax your feet. Just D and C, D and C, D and C. And then at the very end, um, he shifts to an F chord. And you're working for no one but me. The F chord's cool because it um it takes us completely out of the key of D. So you've got this F sharp the whole time for the D chord, and then the F natural for the F chord. But in a way, he's been hinting at it all along. And this is what I want to talk about: the dissonance of this song comes from the occasional use of the D7 sharp 9 chord. So what it does... Oh, it's a beautiful chord. I love that. When you've got a uh, sharp 9, a sharp 9 um, is the same as a flat 3. Okay? So... In the key of D, you've got D, E, F sharp, G, A, B, C sharp, and D. So the D7 um, takes that C sharp and makes it a C, which means that now we have a tritone between the fifth and the seventh, which is the devil's interval. Um, if you go back far enough in our history, um, alone, that's not a very pleasant interval. But when you mix it in with everything else, it sounds good. So now we've got a tritone, which is a, already a dissonant interval. And then we add that sharp nine, which is what I just said. Um, we take that nine. So uh, the nine would be E in this case. 
which you'll recall from a second ago, is the same as two. And then we raise it a half step to E sharp, which is harmonically the same as here's E, here's E sharp, here's F. E sharp and F are the same note. But we still have that F sharp um, because it's a major chord. So you've basically got a minor chord and a major chord stacked on top of each other. So we've got this um, weird interval of a minor second, and then we've still got that tritone. So that's kind of double the dissonance. And so we've got, uh, it's just a nasty chord in a beautiful nasty chord. It's used a lot. Um, you hear it a lot in jazz. It will eventually be known as the Hendrix chord, not because he used it a lot, but because he used it um, uh, on Purple Haze, where you hear, actually it's easier to pick out the notes um, on this one. You hear the You hear that root and then the minor third. So as you now it's known as the Hendrix chord. If if somebody ever tells you to play a Hendrix chord, they mean it's a dominant seven with a sharp nine on top of it. So that's really the whole hook of the song harmonically comes down to that chord. Because there's nothing else going on. It's D chord and C chords until the very last phrase of, of um, vocals. But that one chord that sticks out and really gives this is, uh, I think, kind of the quintessential sound of 1966 Beatles. It's jangly guitars. It's dissonant chords and all that kind of stuff, but still beautiful, still, you know, rock and rolling. The Jam, they have a song from 1980 called Start, so exclamation point in the title, that borrows heavily from Taxman. I would argue it just outright covers the song. Um, the bass line, dun, 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 dun. that bass line is used almost note for note um, on the Jam song. But at this point in the Jam's career, they were very focused on mid-60s Kinks and Beatles because um, as, they as they recorded um, that album in 1980, um, and Start is actually on the album, they have outtakes from those sessions where they also covered Rain by the Beatles, Dead End Street by the Kinks, And Your Bird Can Sing, which was on the same album as Taxman, and Waterloo Sunset. Um, except for Waterloo Sunset, all those songs are from 1966 and Waterloo's from 1967. So that period of Brit pop was definitely in the minds of Paul Weller and and the band um, when they were recording. And Paul Weller, I don't think the Kinks or the Beatles are ever far from his mind um, as, as he's clearly heavily, heavily influenced by both bands. Um, but none more obvious than this uh, song Start, which steals, borrows, copies, whatever you want to call it, the baseline for Taxman. That's basically all I got.
it's a solid tune. It's a good rocker. Um, it would have been cool to hear them do this live. Tom Petty played it live for a uh, concert for George uh, in 2002, I believe. Uh, it's a solid song and some of the most clever lyrics of any Beatles song, I think. What are your thoughts on the song Taxman? Give me a call, 925-494-1739 or email me, kinksandbeats at herohabit.com or visit herohabit.com and start a discussion in our discussion group. And like I've mentioned in the last couple episodes, the first week of May, we have a scheduled drop of uh, a bonus episode about our Mars picks. If we can only take one album from either of these bands to Mars, which one would it be? That will go out to our subscribers first um, in the first week of of May. Um, So if you haven't subscribed yet, you can do so for $4 a month and help us keep the lights on and this podcast ad free. And uh, if you choose not to do that, you'll still get the bonus episode. You just have to wait a little longer. All right. I will talk to you all soon. Thank you for downloading. Make sure to swing by iTunes, five-star rating review, blah, 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 blah. Um, And join me tomorrow for our next podcast. Thank you. Bye. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com. Collect your heroes.